Well, we are starting a new series, a four-week series, a topical series, and the title of the series is Life with God in in Times of Uncertainty. And uh, these are certainly uncertain times. And how how does God want us to live our lives um, in, in this world at this time? And we believe that God has a lot to say about uh, what we are currently going through. And we're going to look at a passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapters 10 and 11 in just a moment. But my question to uh, you this morning is, are you an optimist or a pessimist? Is is the glass typically half full or uh, half empty? Uh, what are you thinking? What are you feeling during this uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic that we're going through? Um, you know, we can... <clears throat> We can listen to a lot of things. We have a media today that is either optimistic or pessimistic, depending on who you're listening to. And I don't know about about you, but I'm not as much concerned about what the media says as I am about what God says. I want to listen to God and what he is saying and how we are to live our life. And so that's why we're going to be looking at uh, this series over the next uh, four weeks. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the uh, topic of faith. What, what, how can we be people of faith uh, during this time of uncertainty? Next week, we're going to be uh, looking at the question, how can we pe- be people of faithfulness in times of temptation. And uh, Dr. Craig Mitchell is going to be bringing next Sunday. And then the following Sunday, this will be May 31st, we'll be looking at the question, how can we be people of peace in times full of anxiety? And then finally, uh, the first weekend of June, we will be looking at the question, how can we be people of hope in times prone to despondency. So I believe these are going to be very practical messages for us each week. Uh, Dr. Dr. Mitchell will be preaching next Sunday. The following Sunday, the 31st, uh, Jeff Randolph will be preaching. And then I will be concluding the series on June the 7th. So being people of faith in times of uncertainty. You know, there are some peculiar ways that people of faith exercise their faith uh, in these times. You know, there's some people, they want to ignore all the warnings, okay? They are eternal optimists uh, when things difficult. And, uh, you know, we hear people saying today that uh, they are protected by the blood of Jesus and they have nothing to fear. Unfortunately, that is wrong theology. You know, the, the blood of Jesus doesn't insulate us from disease. The blood of Jesus covers our sin and brings a right relationship with Jesus. And so, 
yes, in this pandemic period, we shouldn't live in fear, but we shouldn't live foolishly either and uh, just do whatever. We need to live prudent, uh, prudent lives and not try to test God. And then there are people who live faith. They, they want to speak their faith into reality. And uh, we've seen the, the video of Ken Copeland and s- saying, God, I commend you. Corona, in the name of Jesus, be blown away. And he tries to blow away the coronavirus and how the world mocks Christians who who think like that. Church, we can't command God to do certain things. We can't command God to do something. God is going to do what God is going to do. And we need to trust him. God is not bound by our wants. He's going to do what he wants to do. We can't be guided by a God of our own desired outcome. We can't put God in a box and expect God to behave or respond a certain way. God is going to do what God is going to do in this pandemic period. And these are uncertain days. And we, we hear all kinds of predictions. And how are we to process all of this? Seriously, how are we to respond? We don't want to live our lives completely in fear and consumed by pessimism. But we don't want to be so eternally optimistic that we foolishly charge off and do more harm than good. What's the balance? How are we to live our lives? And when it comes to my life personally, not sure where I'm at. I'm not sure if the light, if, if the glass is half full or half empty, you know, people have labeled me an Eeyore and they're probably right. You know, I was, I wish I was more like a Tigger. I, Fred Henderson's in the room with us this morning and uh, he's helping with the recording. And I wish I was more like Fred Henderson, wired like Fred Henderson, you know, just uh, more optimistic. But uh, typically I approach things with the glass half empty rather than half full. But you know what? It takes all kinds of people to make the world go around. You know, I'm not sure this would be a very safe place if we were all Tiggers, you know, and uh, we weren't approaching things prudently and with wisdom. But I, if I wouldn't want to be in a world either, if we were all Eeyores, that would be rather depressing. Amen. Don't say that too loudly. But uh, so, you know, how are we to live our lives now? Long term, we need to be optimistic, you know, because we know how the world ends. Church, Jesus is going to win. 
And so we need to have the long term in view when we are going through difficult times like this. We're in uh, Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. And uh, I want to just point out verse 37 uh, for a moment before reading the entire text. But verse 37 of chapter 10 says, Yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my, but, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Church, we need to live optimistically about the future because Jesus is going to return and he's going to make everything that's wrong right again for all eternity. So with that in mind, I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 10. Um, the writer, we don't, we're not sure who the writer is, but the, the writer is writing to Jewish Christians and they've been going through a time of suffering and persecution. And the writer is wanting to encourage them, to encourage them in their faith. And so beginning with verse 32, let me read through verse 39. He says this, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. So here there were Christians who were suffering in prison and other Christians would go and encourage and, and uh, see them in prison. And while they were there, their possessions were being plundered. And so they were, they were all sharing in one another's uh, suffering, but they rejoiced in their plundering because there was a, a better possession that was yet to come. Verse 35, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised for yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. God wants us to have faith in these times of uncertainty. But the question is, what does that faith look like? How am I to live a life of faith? And he goes on, the writer goes on in verse 1 of chapter 11 and says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I want you to think of the word of assurance and conviction. What is this 
assurance. This assurance is that confidence that you have in the firm foundation is what we, that's what we build our faith on. It's a confidence in a firm foundation and then conviction. Conviction is what we build our faith from. So in assurance in what God has said, that's what we build our um, assurance, our faith on. That's our foundation. And then our conviction is how we live out our faith based upon that foundation. I like what Warren Wiersbe said about this, this verse. He says, we're not talking about a blind optimism or a man- manufactured hope-so feeling. Faith is our total response to what God has revealed in his word. And so when we talk about faith this morning, church, um, we're talking about what God has already said, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But we need to feed our faith. We're in a season of mystery. How are we to feed our faith? Church, we need to be feeding our faith in the word of God. So there's two things, two things I want to share with you this morning. The first thing is this, in feeding our faith. How do we feed our faith? When we can't see what God is doing, we must remember what God is like. We don't know what God is doing in through this pandemic period. And if we try to determine or interpret what God is like through the pandemic, through our current circumstances, church, we're in trouble. We don't interpret what God is like through our circumstances. We interpret, we know what God is like through what he has already revealed to us. And we need to prepare ourselves for those seasons of mystery. If we're, if we know the nature of God before the pandemic occurs, friend, you're going to weather the storm. But if you have a, if you have no faith in God, or if you have a shallow faith in God, or you have a, a self-manufactured faith of who you think God is, when the pandemic occurs, you're going to find your, your, your faith shipwrecked, derailed. We feed our faith by remembering what God is like through his word. Not through COVID-19, not through the loss of a job or other circumstances that are out of your control, but through the word. What is God like? Turn to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, and let me read verses... 8 through 14. 
The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he, he so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are but dust. This is what our God is like. Our God is compassionate. Our God is tender. Our God is patient. Our God has steadfast love towards those who fear him. Sometimes when when things are out of control and we try to interpret things, we think God's mad at us. You know, I must, you know, God is angry with me and this is why things are happening. No, you're trying to interpret who God is through your circumstances. No, you need to interpret who God is by what he has already revealed to us in his word. This is who God is. Verse 13, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. God has made us parents. And how many times have we come alongside of our children who have been hurting and we've shown compassion and we've given them that, 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 that hug, that tenderness, that father, that, that, that father support or that mother support. We know what that's like and how we have responded to our children. God wants to give us, God has provided us that opportunity so that we can get to know his nature and how he responds to us in the same way. That's what our God's like. How else do we know how God, what God is like? We know what God is like through the person of Jesus Christ. Go back to uh, Hebrews Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says this, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance, speaking of Jesus, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. As we study, as we look at the life of Jesus, he is, the Bible says, the exact imprint print of God's nature. 
So we get to know who God is through the person of Jesus. And if you want to know God, just read the Gospels. Read what Jesus did as he walked uh, walked among us. And you will know the heart of God. So what is faith in times of uncertainty? When you can't see what God is doing, we must remember what God is like. I like uh, that song that... Uh, there was a song titled by a music group, and um, I can't remember the group right now. But the title of the song was, When You Can't Trace His Hand. Church, we can't trace his hand in this moment. But we can trust his heart. We can know what God is like as we treasure his word, as we read uh, his word and make that a part of our heart and our, in our, in our life. And so, so dare not try to figure out who God is through your circumstances or consequences. It is just going to go wrong every single time. And then the second thing I want you, want you to know or, in how to feed your faith is this. When we can't see what God is doing, we must remember what God has already done. What has God done? Now, going back to Hebrews chapter 11, um, the author takes us on a faith journey of what God has done throughout the Old Testament. And uh, people have described the chapter 11 as the hall of faith. These are people who have believed what God told them. And not only did they believe it, but they obeyed it. Okay, they had assurance. They knew what God said was true. And then they obeyed. Okay, they build, they build their life they went out from there based upon the the assurance of their faith. They had the conviction to obey God. So what are we to remember of what he's already done? Well, a few things here. One, his work in the world. You know, the Bible says in verse 3 that God created this universe. God created this world. Look at verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Church, we need to go back to the first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We need to remember, remind ourselves over and over again of what God has already done. Um, he is the creator. Friends, if you have a problem with Genesis 1-1, you're going to have a problem with the rest of the Bible. Because over and over again, 
the Bible tells us that God created, that God is the creator, that Jesus is the creator, that he has created all things for himself, and he holds everything together. And faith says, I believe that. My friend, if you if you want to be a person of faith through this season of mystery, you need to believe in what God has already done. God has spoken it into existence. So not only what he his work in the world, but his work in his people, what he has done through his people. Again, chapter 11, people obeyed what God had told them. People believed what God said, and they obeyed it. And in obeying it, just remember, it didn't always turn out perfect. It didn't always turn out maybe the way they had anticipated. But God had other purposes. But people kept trusting we read of Abel. Abel is the first person mentioned in this hall of faith. Verse 4 says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Yeah, it didn't turn out the way Abel anticipated in his obedience to God. And Abel went on to eternity, to to paradise, the bosom of Abraham. Abel's in the presence of God today. And guess what? His obedience, his life continues to speak to generations that have followed him. For all these millenniums, Abel's faith continues to speak volumes. So, but we read of Enoch. Enoch's faith turned out really what? Enoch didn't even, he was caught up into to heaven. Enoch didn't even have to die. But we read of Noah and Abraham, uh, Isaac, uh, Jacob. Oh, what a mess. Jacob's life was he's his name means deceiver and yet he was still a man of faith and God did amazing things through the the life of Jacob we read of of uh, Sarah but look at verse 13 all these people lived a life of faith we're not going to go through the whole chapter but in verse 13 it says these all died faith not having received the things promised But having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, for people who speak thus make it clear that they were seeking, that they were, they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, 
God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared them a city. And so we see God at work through all these people. And even though they didn't experience this this promise physically while they lived on earth, they realized it when they died and went to be with God in heaven. And so their life of faith speaks to us and shows us what faith uh, based on assurance and conviction looks like. And then we have the, the work of his son, what God did through his son, Jesus Christ, Hebrews chapter 12. Let me just read Hebrews chapter 12. And, uh, uh, Craig is going to get into this next week, uh, 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 much more, but it says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What did Jesus do? He, he, he faced am, amazing barriers. You know, and he, he, he lost his life over it. But he, it was, it was the Father's will for him to go through it. Those were different, those were difficult words that God was asking his son, the father was asking his son to do. But Jesus obeyed fully and completely, died and was resurrected again. He is risen in church. Our ultimate hope, our our, our ultimate um, optimism that he is going to return. He's alive And he's coming again. So remember, God has spoken creation into existence. God is the creator. Jesus is the creator. And Jesus, according to Colossians chapter 1, Jesus is holding all of this together. He is sovereign. He is in control. He has worked through saints throughout the the Old Testament and uh, throughout the early church, and he is working today. And God is at work today. These are uncertain days, church. But he is calling upon us to be people of faith. And we feed our faith by knowing what God is like in his word. We feed our faith in looking back and remembering what God has already done. This is our assurance. This is our conviction. And this helps us, enables us to live a life of faith. So let's be people of faith during this pandemic. Let's not not be consumed with all the negative news. 
and get really down about our circumstances. God has a purpose in all of this. And I'm praying for you that your faith will be strong. Let's pray. Father, I thank you uh, that in these times of uncertainty, God, you are not silent. You are alive and well, and you want to speak to us through your word. God, help your people to carve out time to listen to truth. Uh, There's a lot of lies being spread in this world today. And Lord, we don't know who to believe. But there is one word that is unchanging that we can always count on. And those are your living words, your words of life. Lord, help us to treasure them. Help us to believe them, to build our life upon them. And then from those words, Lord, live out a life of faith, just like these saints did in Hebrews chapter 11. Father, thank you for these examples. We thank you and thank you for this time that we've shared. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And amen. And uh, so church, I hope that those words have encouraged you. Let me just share a couple announcements before we close this time. Um, Two Sundays from now, May 31, uh, the elders got together Thursday night for for our meeting to go over our proposed budget. And uh, we came to the conclusion that it's time to regather in the church for worship. And so on May 31st, it's going to be our first service back together. Now, I know we're not all ready for that yet, and that's okay. And in order for us to come into the building once again, we're going to be abiding by uh, CDC guidelines and practicing social distancing and uh, keeping... um, occupancy, seating occupancy for each room that we're in to 25%. Okay, so I'm going to go over those details with you at a later later date, and we're going to continue our online service from the ministry center. But May 31st, we are going to begin services at 1030. Okay, Um, and we're not starting with Sunday school or child care or anything like that. It's just going to be a worship service at 10.30, uh, beginning that, that Sunday, May 31st. And then the second thing I need to share with you is the business meeting that we're going to be having next Sunday at 4 o'clock. And we want this to be an in-person business meeting. We're going to provide Zoom as well. If uh, you don't feel comfortable attending the meeting physically, uh, we'll be sending out details about Zoom so that you can uh, participate. And we need your participation in this meeting on the 24th. So you're going to be getting a phone call about both of these things uh, this week by either an elder or a deacon. But uh, we have a big decision Uh, coming up as a church on June the 7th as we adopt next year's fiscal budget. 
And so we just need to be have everybody on board as far as uh, what the decision is so that uh, we can make an intelligent, unified decision together. Okay, so I am looking forward to the next few weeks, looking forward to seeing some of you on May 31st uh, in a worship service. But uh, in the meantime, church, spend time in his word. Feed your faith through the word of God. I love you. Have a great week. Look forward to seeing you again. God bless.